everyone, I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys, welcome to Selfie Podcast. Well, we are going to be chatting today with Stacey Villas. She is um, a podcaster. She has a podcast called Didn't I Just Feed You? And um, she also- That is a great name for a it's podcast. such a great name. She also has a YouTube channel called One Hungry Mama. And we're going to be talking to her about how the heck we're supposed to feed these children every single meal under quarantine. Yes, because my kids- like, I don't, they eat at school and they do a meal and a snack and they come home and I feel like they're all constantly in the fridge. Yes. Like, I feel like I'm like, I, I just fed you. You're hungry again. You're a growing girl. I get this, but holy cow. I know. So I'm excited to hear from her because I am definitely overwhelmed. My kids usually eat lunch at school. And so now that they're home full time, it's like, I don't know how to keep enough food in the house for all of these people. So Um, She has some really great ideas. But Rue, how is your self-care this week? You know, I have been taking, I've been, I'm the kind of person that like January 1st comes along and I just want everything about me to change. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I know I am trying to just accept the fact that like this is a weird time for a variety of reasons. And I am accepting just tiny little things like, like two steps forward, one step back is still progress. Oh my gosh. So I have been doing like, you know what, instead of doing a create like a long one hour workout or going for a run and doing weightlifting, I just write on a little piece of paper. What if I just did like 10 minutes of just lifting weight today at home. And actually, we did um, a thread in the Selfie Podcast community about this. Like, here are just some bite-sized things you can do to take care of yourself. So I'm not going balls to the wall with everything. Yeah. I am just like small things. What can I do today that's like a little bit better for me? And can it be cumulative? Can I ro- Can I make a habit out of this? And I find that's been... I find that's been super helpful. My evening routines have been much better. I know we had an episode about them. Again, was just a nice kick in the pants for me. That's good. Yeah, you know, I think it's good to just focus on little baby steps because I think a lot of us kind of entered this season as like, well, you know, I have this great, I have all this time. And so what am I going to do? How, how am I going to make my quarantine count or something? And I just, I don't think that that has served us well. No. And that drives me nuts when those tweets that are like, oh, if you're not doing that thing, it wasn't a lack of time. It was a lack of discipline. Oh, like, this is, we're, we're, the world is in crisis. And sometimes, you know, all we can do is like shower and make square meals for everyone. And this is not... You know, I, I really very much dislike that line of thinking. If people are doing it, more power to you. Right. But shaming others for like barely, barely getting the basics done, uh, I don't get down with. I saw this Twitter thread yesterday and I thought it was so important. This was from Alexis Rockley and she's a psychology certified business coach. But this is what she said. Those all over the place feelings you've been having, those are symptoms of stress, not personal failures. Do you feel flaky and inconsistent? That's because your brain doesn't know what to do to brace for next or what next month will hold. If you're tired easily, that's because your brain is burning energy 10 times faster than usual. If you can't seem to focus, that's because your brain has temporarily shut down some functionality, the part that juggles complex tasks and planning due to their stress response. Um, So I just, you know, I just think that's a good reminder that we all are in a bit of fight or flight, and it's totally okay for us to feel foggy and unfocused. And this is probably as opposed to a perfect time to write that book. 
actually like the very worst time to, to write that book or whatever right. that project may be. Right. Because honestly, we don't know what the world is going to look like in six weeks. We sure and don't. that's not to sound doomsday, but six weeks ago, I did not expect this. Sure didn't. Yeah. Six weeks ago, I thought my kids might be out of school for two weeks. Right. Um, and, you know, things things change and things continue to change. And so I think we need to all kind of I, – the best that I can do is hold every single plan with a very, very loose grip. Yeah. And, you know, kind of roll with the punches, which can be hard for, you know, a uh, Enneagram 3 like you yeah. or an Enneagram 2 wing 3 like me. Totally. Um, how have you been doing? Um, I've been okay. Um, I will say that the distance learning thing for my kids continues to be a real challenge. Mm. I have four kids and one of my kids can do it independently. The rest need a lot of help, a lot of accountability, and a lot of explaining. Um, And it's so classic. So my kids, um, they went back to their dad's house for the first time this weekend after 35 days. So they were with me for a straight 35 days due to some just some time on his part in getting with the program. And so they were finally able to go back because he was taking the safety measures that we needed him to take based mm-hmm. on the health issues in our own house. And um, so classic. They're there Monday morning for school. And I am literally bombarded with texts from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. with questions and concerns about their school. So they're still coming to me and Mm. still taking up my work day, even though technically it wasn't even my day. So, you know, it's I'm trying to figure out how to share the load there. Yeah, well, I don't want to I certainly don't want to malign your ex, but that feels like something that he should just, in my opinion, and forgive me if I'm out of line, that he should just handle for the week. You know, like that's just a thing. You're the adult, you're the parent, you know, you go on Google Classrooms, get the email from the teachers, whatever, and just do the thing. Yes, and he should. And the problem is that he was completely unfamiliar with any of the distance learning. Like I've you know, learn my way around Google Classroom, as most of us have. I know the flow. He had not looked at any of it. This was all new. And it all got dropped in his lap. And, you know, then the kids are coming to me. And a part of it is me having to hold the boundaries and say, kids, I'm sorry, your dad is home and you need to take this to your dad. But I did not hold the best boundaries. So that's just that's what I'm going to have to do going forward, because it is he's he's got to learn the system and he has to do it on his days. Or yes. I'm going to go and to, nuts. And, and to be fair, the system's a little bit difficult. Like It's really difficult. My kids will show me on just Google Classroom. I'm like, okay, you click here. Oh, but if you have a question, you do it here. Oh, and if you got this, you go here. But wait, the login's not working because that website is, website is down because they're so overloaded because everyone else is doing this. And honestly, like, I, I think I'm, you know, my... Um, uh, my two eldest are like right above and right below your youngest. So I probably have a little bit more leeway and that if they mess something up, it's not the worst thing. Like it, go read a couple books and just email your teacher about it. Yeah. But when you've got things that are a bit more high stakes, like high school, right? it's not so easy to go. Honestly, just tell your teacher like it wasn't working and figure something else out. Totally. And I'm trying to let myself off the hook for my kids that are not in high school because, you know, if they don't get the best grades this semester, they're going to live, you know, like this isn't going on some college application. Um, And, you know, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen even with this semester on college applications. I've heard some schools are talking about going pass fail. I I think it would be great if you just, you know, hey, let's just learn as best as we can and grades don't count. And I know that doesn't seem feasible, but that would be ideal. That would be ideal. Like just grades just don't count right now. It's too crazy, especially when you think about the socioeconomics. Uh, There are people in places that are just not doing their work because parents are gone or they have to focus on like taking care of the other kids in their house Or, you know, what about internet access? Or what about the families that are sharing one device? Or, frankly, what about the families whose kids are, are, 
doing this themselves and their parents don't speak English and can't help them. Like that, it, it just seems like it's one of those things where, you know, we do the best we can and then come fall, we're all going to have to figure this out again. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think everybody get, needs to give everybody a lot of grace. Like teachers need to give parents more grace. I mean, and you know, and we have to give teachers grace. But I will say, I mean, my kids have had some teachers who are just being total sticklers. Like there was this one teacher of one of my students who there were five different kids in Google Classroom saying, I can't find the assignment. And his response was, well, if you paid attention in Zoom, you'd know you're getting a zero. And I'm like, what? There's no place for this right now. There's just uh, no place for this. This yeah. is not the time for hard teacher boundaries, you know? <laughs> yeah, my uh, my eldest like did all the work because she just loves to do all the work and just never clicked the buttons to submit all the work. So I was just like, hey, checking in. He was like, oh, she's doing great, I think, but she just has to submit everything. And that just means she needs to hit this button and this button after every assignment. And then it was something so simple. And like a really stickler of a teacher could just say, well, frankly, you failed all those, you know, you get, you know, bad marks on all of those. But he was like, yeah. Yeah, just have her just have her submit and just, you know, remind her. And that right. was it. It was a very it was very nice. And you got to remember, these teachers are homeschooling their own kids too. Yes. It's it's nuts for them. Totally. So anyway, we could totally we could talk all day about that. But, I know. Um what are your two thumbs up for the week? Yeah. Okay, so I have um I have two um supplements that I want to recommend. So let me just be sure to say clearly. I do not think supplements are going to cure or prevent COVID-19. Not in the world. Right. You know, definitely not saying that. That being said, I am just aware of wanting to have my immune system at its top form, right? Like, yeah, I like, know that's fair. Time to boost things up. So anyway, I like turmeric as an anti-inflammatory. I was for a while doing this turmeric milk, but I was finding it was like, it was turning the cup yellow. It was turning my tea Ew. yellow. And I'm like, dude, I can't do the turmeric, like the ingested turmeric anymore. So I found turmeric capsules. Um, They're from a brand called Pure Energy. It's just, it's called Super Pure Turmeric Extract. That way you're swallowing it and it's kind of missing your teeth, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're you're not not staining, staining the inside of your mouth. Yeah, there you go. Just going straight down to your stomach where it does its... In anti-inflammatory magic. And then the same company has a really nice vitamin C um, supplement that's made of organic berries and fruits. It's all natural. It's called Pure Radiance C. So I'm those are the two that I'm kind of trying to take every day to keep my immune system in fighting shape. Um, and then my other um, recommendation is, is very trivial. Um, and it is the show Bachelor Follow Your Heart. So it's... Kristen... <laughs> Is this a surprise? Well, I just how many different bachelors are there? Like not not, not enough, the people, Rue. but not enough. But how many different are these spin-offs? Is this like it's when it was like the real spin-off. world and then like road rules and then the road yes. rules real world face off? Yes. Okay. But, but listen to the listen to the concept of this when it's the best. It's basically <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise if you're familiar with that. So it's like it's not it's not a bunch of one gender competing for one person. It's a bunch of of singles thrown together, men and women, mm-hmm. and they're also <laughs> sounds. And so let absurd. me guess, let me guess, there's a super diverse crowd, body diverse, like oh, just no. not they're always all- con- not conventionally attractive, just a lot of racial diversity and different no, they're backgrounds. All, they're all fake tan white people. Okay. Okay. No, I was just making sure. Okay. Got it. Got no, it. There are, there, there are a handful of minorities, but definitely not enough. And it, that is irritating. Um, but the, the concept of this show is that they're also singers. So it's what? Like, yes. So it's like The Bachelor meets um, American Idol. And it so sounds also singers. Like a sexy Disney movie. It's a train wreck. It's a train wreck. <laughs> It's the most amazing train wreck. I. It's just such a lovely departure from living in the world we're living in. And, you know, I have to say this. 
I'm tired of Zoom entertainment. Like I watched the Disney sing along. I've, you know, I've watched like the Hamilton cast, like, and I appreciate it. And I loved it for what it was, but like, I don't want to watch more people staring into their home video camera. Like, I just want to watch like a fully produced show that takes me out of the reality that our world is so weird right now. And this is doing that for me. I get that. Um, I wanted to speak to the turmeric really quickly. Yes. Have you considered, and it would completely take away the issue of staining the teeth. Yes. Have you considered um, just a turmeric enema? Rue, I have not, and I think I won't. <laughs> okay, well, I I don't know. Okay, I'm going to, I, I want to pitch an idea. If you're an entrepreneur okay. and like a doctor and okay. you're listening right now, okay. I want a serotonin infused tampon. Right? I just want more serotonin and I don't know how to get it. And if you email me and you say, oh, it has to do with your gut. Well, I'm not going to stop eating Cheetos with chopsticks. So I need something else. I need like a patch or like I'll take it. I I would take it. I just want more serotonin. Serotonin tampons. Just think about it. Just think about it. Okay. I can't Um, wait for something to come of this. I can't wait to find out that you sparked an idea. I know. Please just give me – I just want like 10% equity and (laughs) you are required to uh, advertise on Selfie for Life. Um, I have decided for my two thumbs up, I would like to try to do one cheap thrill and one thing that might be a little bit more pricey, but I like it for the investment because I know we are in a rough time right now just as a nation financially. So. I am also looking for cheap thrills to share with people. So I will start with my cheap thrill. And it's right in line with me doing much better with my nighttime routines. It's the New York Times Monday puzzle, like crossword puzzle book. And so I love the New York Times crossword puzzle. But I love the Monday ones because they're the easiest ones. And it's like when you're watching Jeopardy and it's teen Jeopardy. And you actually know the answers without like... No, I, and I just feel so brilliant. And so my um, older brother and I, he lives in London. We will do the, we'll do the digital ones and we'll try to beat each other's scores like on how fast we can do it. But I like the idea of doing it with paper and pen because I've just been staring at screens forever yes. and keeping it on my nightstand. And it's $7 and it might just be like a little relaxing thing, like a nice little brain challenge, but relaxing before bed. And, you know, I really think there is something to non-screen entertainment right now. And I think that's even why I'm pushing back against, you know, so many people are doing like live on Instagram. Like, I don't want to watch another thing on my phone, you know, like I want to read a physical book. Yes. I'm not opposed to Kindles. I just feel like I'm staring at a screen so much. So I like the idea of of a physical puzzle book. I have been writing note cards to people. I love that. Like notes. I got one from you. Yeah, I came. Oh Thank good. You so much. Oh good. Yes. Oh you're welcome. I love I love that card and I think it's funny and it's a little profane so you can't read it and here. It was but so I, precious to get mail. Like like personal mail. You know, I never get that anymore. I that's not that. like that's not like a bill or spam yes. or political yes. Oh good. Oh good. What great timing. Um The pricier thing that I'm really into right now, and we had mentioned it before, but is the Amazon Echo. And here's why I like it. For bedtime routines, first of all, I love having it in my bedroom so I can have um, I can have an alarm clock without having my phone and I noticed that like just being glued to my phone has been bad for my my sleep and the sound is actually surprisingly really good Um, it's not like a Sonos but it's good and I can say hey Alexa play my nighttime vibes playlist or hey Alexa play my militant feminist playlist whatever mood I'm in and it does that and then it'll do like thunderstorm sounds at night and it'll set an alarm for me and it's just i don't know it's just i i really i i really enjoy music and it's just a nice cozy way to wind down i've got my music i've got my new york times crossword puzzle i've got like i have all of my little like face oils and my little jade roller next to my bed and i will say 
I find that I am falling asleep easier. So those are my two things. The Amazon Echo, depending on what generation you get, I think right now it's $50, but I use it multiple times a day, every day, and it gets great reviews. So those are my two thumbs up. Love it. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I wanted to introduce, and I asked you earlier, Can I I would like to share a thumbs down because we share things at work. And this is a very expensive thumbs down. Okay. So retweet to save a life. You know what I mean? It's that, have you heard of that new face? It's like that little, it's like a little device and it has like, it's a little handheld device and you, it like vibrates a little bit and it has two like metal balls on it and you're supposed to uh, glide it up your face with some sort of like oil and it's supposed to increase the elasticity or some nonsense but you have to do it for like 20 minutes a day. Right. And I got like I got like the mini, but the most expensive package is $500. And I, it is just such a colossal waste of money and I want nothing to do with it. And so that is my warning to you. That new face, you could buy like 20 different New York Times crossword puzzle books with that. So no, 40. Well, I'm excited to be talking with Stacey Villas today. I know that figuring out how to feed our families during a quarantine has been a challenge for a lot of us, and Stacey is a great person to chat with about this. She has a podcast called Didn't I Just Feed You, which feels so appropriate right now, which is all about feeding your family. She also has a YouTube channel about the same topic called One Hungry Mama, and she has a new book coming out called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. Um, She has two cookbooks that are available on Amazon that are both great resources for feeding your family. We'll link them up in the show notes. But Stacey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, how are things going for you in quarantine life? I believe that you might be coming to us from a closet. I am. It's true. <laughs> this is not normally where I record. So that's a sign of something. Um, my kids, I'm probably aging myself. I grew up watching Ren and Stimpy as oh, a yeah. teenager. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I showed them the episode Space Madness. And I don't know if you remember that episode. I don't remember that episode. It's hilarious, by the way. You should go back and watch it. Okay. But Ren is like, I love ironing clothes. I love doing everything good for you. Like, they're, he's going crazy. And my boys were like, look, it's you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We need to – we're going to have to link this up in the show notes. The Hilarious. space episode. Okay. So, actually, as I'm telling the story, I remember space madness is how we're all feeling. Okay. But the very first episode of the series ever is about a machine that Stimpy creates that makes you happy. That's where the happy, happy, joy, joy song comes from. Uh-huh. And that's actually the moment where they're like, that's you, mom, because Ren ha- puts it on but is really resisting. And at one point, he's ironing Stimpy's underwear. And he's like, I love ironing underwear. I love doing everything for you. But in the meantime, you can tell he's completely cracking. Oh, my gosh. Um, so funny. So, yeah. <laughs> so accurate. Aren't we? I mean, yes. I feel like I am just pretending in front of my children that everything is fine all day. And then at night, I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Although, what's up? Because my older one is 13. So I'm not really adjusted to this whole your kid can stay up later than you because Dude. he has infinite en- energy and uh-huh. you're an exhausted, tired uh-huh. old lady. <laughs> I have to say my kids' school is forcing them to actually be online during school days. So they have to be you know, dressed and ready at 8 a.m. And I'm super thankful because I can still say, it's a school night. You have to go to bed. Yeah. Because when we didn't have that structure, they were like, I don't have anything to wake up for. And then I'm like, when do I get my time? So exactly. kind of glad they have to wake up for school. And I'm very glad that they have to wake up for school and I don't have to drive them. So I can just keep sleeping. That is awesome. Although here in New York City, they could hop on the bus. So it used to be like 7.35 was like my favorite time of day. Uh Bye, guys. Totally. (laughs) Okay. So you have a YouTube channel that is a very popular kind of family cooking channel, One Hungry Mama. Um, 
So I'm excited to have you on because, you know, family meal planning and meal prepping is kind of your jam. And I am finding it to be incredibly challenging during these times. Oh, yeah. I mean, so am I. (laughs) First of all, I think we're all feeling it. Um, So I also have a podcast called Didn't I Just Feed You? And every time I say the name, people laugh because we've all said that before. Oh, my gosh. And I I mean, I've always said that, but I especially feel that right now. Yes. That's just what I was going to say. Like, this is the moment. Like, oh, my God, didn't I just feed you? (laughs) It's very overwhelming. You know, I've always approached my work less as a foodie and food professional, which I am both, and professionally trained, all that good stuff, and more as a busy mom. I mean, I'm really, really passionate about helping busy home cooks and parents in particular figure out how to get something on the table in a way that doesn't break their budget, in a Mm -hmm. way that works for their schedule, in a way that accounts for, you know, the fact that you're feeding people who have all different tastes and desires and cravings. So, you know, this is, this is our moment. Like this is really, really hard and being a smart cook right now and also pulling some of those older kids into the kitchen to help is really, really key. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's start from just meal planning in general. One of the things I'm finding to be a real struggle, and I know this is true for so many people, is that it's hard to meal plan because you don't know what provisions you'll have in a given week, you know? Like, you don't know what will be on stock at the grocery store or, you know, it's just kind of – or if you'll be able to get there. It kind of feels like a crapshoot in terms of even the supplies that you can – that you can get. Totally. So, you know, it's it's funny because I always encourage certain kitchen habits and behaviors that now I'm seeing other busy home cooks really come around to and really understand how helpful these strategies are and how much time and money it can save them. And one of them is to really meal plan around what you already have. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means what you already have in the pantry. Yeah. So I'm personally doing online grocery shopping for two weeks at a time. I'm using my freezer much, much more. So when I do Mm -hmm. find that I can get a grocery delivery spot or I'm able to pop out of the house safely, I'm stocking up on things that freeze well and also things that stay in my pantry well. Then I once I get that delivery or I get all the stuff home, then I meal plan for two weeks based on the provisions I have. And like a week and a half into that two-week period, I'm starting the process all over again. But if there's lag time, and there has been, you know, where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't get a delivery spot. I really don't want to leave the house. I'm going to give it a few days. Then I know that I always have things like beans sauces that my kids like, rice, pasta in the pantry, and hopefully one or two things still left hanging out in the freezer. Like, you know, chicken is a gimme. Tell me, yeah, because I'm experiencing that too. It kind of feels like we all need to have a few pantry items in case you can't get something fresh. What are your go-to pantry meals? You know, the the non-perishables that you just kind of have on hand for that time that you can't get to the grocery store. I I mean everybody's talking about beans. Everybody's sick of hearing about beans, but actually <laughs> beans are, it's a really good thing to be talking about. Beans are super versatile and of course you can, you know, eat them as is. You know, a lot of people think of black beans on the side, but you can combine them with things like barley and farro, not just rice or couscous to make a whole, you know, a complete meal if you don't have another protein, whether tofu or an animal protein. Um, Pasta is another obvious one. I think we're all being mindful of how much money we spend. And a lot of that stuff isn't available. Honestly, a lot of the fancy stuff isn't available. I'm going to give a shout out. One of my favorite companies is New York Shook, S-H-U-K. And they make a preserved um, 
a preserved lemon spread and a harissa and all these like beautiful Middle Eastern spice blends, you know, they're sold out and it's expensive. So like that's not – I'm relying on old standbys and I think other people should too. I think it's a matter of starting to get creative. So yes, you can throw beans into a pot. You can combine beans with rice. You can also combine beans with pasta. You can puree beans to make a creamy white bean sauce for pasta. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of different stuff you can do. And I would spend time looking for fun new recipes that are still simple and easy because now's the time when you can experiment a little Mm -hmm. rather than trying to find those perfect ingredients that you know how to work with because you just may not find them. And that's frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I'm a big beans and rice fan. My One of my kids is from the Caribbean. We ate beans and rice when my kids were young constantly because I like using a rice cooker because it requires very little attending. Um, and I like, you know, cooking beans because, again, it's like you have to you have to plan in advance, but it none of it requires you standing over it. It's kind of totally. a walk away from it meal, and it goes a long way. And oh, it's cheap. So long and so cheap and so delicious. And you can do different things, you know. You make it simple. You toss it with pesto one night and, like, hot sauce another night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just very versatile. You can get a lot of different flavor profiles if you just keep your base simple, which is another, I think, important thing to do. Mm-hmm, I've also mm-hmm. been cooking pasta ahead of time. Yeah. So on my site, stacybillis.com, I give this technique for how you can prep cook pasta. So I'll cook oh. two pounds and then I'll keep it on hand to toss all different ways. And also something like that, you can tell the kids, you know what, there's cooked pasta in the fridge. Toss it with whatever you want and make your own lunch, you know, store-bought pesto, butter, whatever they want. And yes. it can also save you time. Totally. Yeah, I like to cook up pasta in advance too and just keep a big tub of it in the fridge and a little olive oil. I have two children who are on the beige diet. Yes. Um, They (laughs) only eat beige things. So, you know, that's what – I mean, they just pull that out and put Parmesan on it and call it a day. (laughs) Yeah. And hey, let's give a shout out to the beige diet. I just want to say I have spent a career of trying to support parents and help and give tips on how to get your kid to be a more adventurous eater. But, like, I think now more than ever, we're all feeling that. Like, we understand why the beige diet is comfort food. <laughs> it's real. It's so true. I mean, I'm practically on the beige diet right now. <laughs> I think I'm on a flour and sugar diet, actually. Uh, me too. <laughs> not like, good. I mean, we've never baked so much in my entire Same. I know. Life. We're just, like, baking every day. It's, like, my totally. daughter's coping skill, and then I'm eating it all. It's bad. Um, So I want to go back to something you said that, you know, was a little revelatory for me, which is I always think of meal planning first and then grocery shopping. But in these times when things are a little more unstable, we kind of need to do the opposite where we grocery shop and then from what we were able to get, then meal plan. Totally. So this is a little bit of a switch for people, but when I meal plan, I actually, the first step for me, you know, and this only has to take five minutes. I'm making it sound like it's this elaborate process. It really isn't. But step one is always looking at what I already have. I mean, that's an important step that I forget a lot. Yeah. And that's how you reduce food waste, which ultimately saves money. And you also save money because you're just using up everything you bought. So I always start by looking at what's about to go bad. What do I have in my pantry that's been hanging out there for weeks or months or maybe a year? (laughs) And I plan a couple of meals just around what I have already. Then I kind of fill in the slots from there. So now I've really expanded that first step just because, like you said, I don't know what I'm going to be able to find at the market these days. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. And then you come home and then you kind of you kind of meal plan. Um, do you have any go-to sort of sauces or or tricks for dressing up a basic pasta or a basic rice rice bowl? Like what are, what are some ways of making the same old, same old a little more special? So, okay. Number one, I do think that people who can tolerate dairy, like this is the moment to embrace dairy. If you have the budget for it, splurge on some good butter. 
mm. good European style butter. Mm-hmm. Um, grab creme fraiche if you've never worked with it. Of course, it's a lot like sour cream. They're interchangeable, but it has a little bit more tang. It's cultured. It's delicious. And it's available at most mainstream supermarkets. Grab the heavy cream if you don't normally. So last night, for example, one of my favorite pantry meals, I take the shelf-stable gnocchi. So it can live in my pantry forever. I took a butternut squash, which is another root vegetables. Mm-hmm. I'm like hot on root vegetables right now. Because they, they'll sit spring. for a long time. Yes. Butternut exactly. squash can sit on the counter for like a good month. Yes, totally. So I cubed that up about the same size as the gnocchi. I keep bacon in my freezer all the time. And what's awesome about that is that bacon actually, with a nice sharp chef's knife, you can cut right into frozen bacon. You don't have to wait for it to thaw or to plan ahead or anything like that. Ah. I cube up half a slab of bacon. I had a little bit of sage, which was actually kind of perfect, but it works with scallions or chives. Just get some fresh herbs. And I put it all in a big bowl. I sprinkled it with some garlic powder, some onion powder, salt, and pepper. So we're like full on pantry meal here. And then I roast it in a 400, 375, 400 degree oven until the gnocchi get crispy, about like 30 minutes, Mm. and the butternut squash is cooked through. And something like that is delicious right out of the oven. But you know what makes it even better? To put it back in the bowl that you tossed it in in the first place and to finish it with cream. And not like a ton of cream. We're not making a super heavy cream sauce. But while it's still piping hot, just like a quarter cup of cream tossed to coat everything and then finish it with Parmesan. It's delicious. So finishing things with heavy cream, with creme fraiche, with a knob of really high quality butter can really go a long way with your roasted vegetables, with your pasta. You know, it's even a great way to finish um, a tomato sauce, like a really simple tomato sauce. Okay, that it makes things sounds, really rich. I really want to eat that right now. <laughs> it was actually really good. <laughs> um, I always keep pesto on hand. Mm-hmm. I like to make simple vinaigrettes because you can toss them on roasted vegetables also. You can, you know, flavor that plain white rice that's left over. It's not just for salads. Um Peanut sauce is another one. There's so many simple recipes for peanut sauce. Oh, yeah. I love peanut Um, sauce. Sometimes I make it with a little hoisin sauce that I Mm -hmm. purchased at the supermarket, sometimes without. Gives it a little different flavor. Um, Actually, didn't I just feed you, did an entire episode on sauces because I think that they're the secret weapon for busy home cooks. Well, and I just want to give a little shout out for for our listeners. I mean – it's a great podcast to listen to right now as we all have, you know, maybe more time on our hands um, just for inspiration for for cooking. Yeah, because we're all so burnt out, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, it, it really is kind of crazy. You know, you mentioned pasta and cooking that up in bulk. Is there anything else that you recommend just cooking up in bulk that, you know, our kids can grab on their own to keep us from having to do the cooking, you know, two, three times a day? Totally. But I do want to also say that cooking in bulk does require effort on our part. So I also want to encourage people to get their kids into the kitchen. There are such simple things like grilled cheese they can make. My 10-year-old started making grilled cheese by calling them cheese melts and melting it in the microwave. It is gross, but he loves it and it works. Yep. My, (laughs) My kids do the same thing. I'm like, ew, cheese melt on soggy microwave bread. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> it works. Um, but if you are cooking pasta, beans, rice, I'd like to encourage people to experiment with some other grains too, like couscous. Mm-hmm. It's really delicious and easy, and it basically tastes like pasta. Fits the beige um, diet. The beige diet, it fits. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Um all those staples really are really easy to cook in bulk. Also, roasting vegetables, potatoes. Uh, my kids love sweet potatoes, but regular potatoes are great too, and they can make like a lunch baked potato, just top it with whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm always baking sweet potatoes in bulk. And use that Instant Pot if you have it. Yeah. It's so helpful. I mean, there there's a... I think it's on kitchen.com. My podcast co-host Megan developed the recipe for an instant pot pasta with meat sauce where you literally – and I 
She knows. I made fun of her at first because I'm not one of those like I think they're called dump and stir right, recipes right, right. with the slow cooker and the IP. Like that's not my jam normally. And I was like, oh, Megan, this is like a dump and stir recipe. And she was like, I promise you make it once. And now it's in regular rotation and my kids can make it themselves. I love that. What about, you know, getting vegetables in this time? Like, you know, any tips on, because I'm, that's what I'm finding the real struggle with is like, I have my pantry foods, but, you know, obtaining the fresh vegetables and then figuring out how to parse them out through the week is difficult. Yeah. So listen, frozen vegetables have a bad reputation and I'm not really sure where that originated from, but a lot of fresh But a lot of frozen vegetables are actually frozen at peak freshness. So they're really great. The Mm. thing that you need to think about is how they thaw. I personally don't like the way broccoli thaws. It gets a little bit watery. So unless I'm roasting it to death, frozen broccoli is not my favorite. But carrots, peas, um, frozen kale, I actually really like for certain things, for adding to soups and stews. Um, So don't be afraid of the frozen vegetable aisle. I think I have been. Yeah. Don't. Like, there's some great stuff there. It just depends on how you're going to use it. And, you know, again, like cauliflower to me is like broccoli, not my favorite. But a head of cauliflower will last a long time. Mm -hmm. This also plays into your meal plan. So when you go to the grocery store, You want to use up all of those delicate vegetables first. Add those to your meal plan early on. Mm -hmm. Cauliflower and broccoli kind of go in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then all those beautiful root vegetables, which really that's what I've been focusing on most. Mm -hmm. Squash, sweet potatoes, beets, all those things are what I'm really buying more of these days um, yeah. because they'll last for a really long time. They'll sit on the counter for a, for a couple yeah, weeks. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And another thing that you can do is prep them. So if those beets are starting to get soft, which believe me, it took a while, but I found some, then you can pop them in really cold water. They get firm again and then roast them. And then once they're cooked, you can keep them on hand. And as for the things that are about to turn, if you don't want to waste them, I regularly take entire clamshells of spinach and just pop it right into the freezer. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, I didn't use that. Not just in quarantine. (laughs) Yes, that's so smart. And just pop it in the freezer. Yeah, we do that with fruit too. Bananas, fruit, like, oh, this is about to go bad. This will be for smoothies. (laughs) Exactly. And I was going to give smoothies a shout out because – I think that's a really fantastic way to get vegetables into your diet right now. it is. It is. It's just so easy and you don't have to worry about it being perfectly fresh. If you have like just one little bunch of kale that's about to turn, you don't have to figure out what to do with it or how to stretch it. Just freeze it, put it in your smoothies. I even put the one thing I do buy frozen cauliflower for is smoothies. A little bit of frozen cauliflower in your smoothie gives no flavor and doesn't change the texture, but just gives you a tiny little boost. And if you start your day with something like that, I feel like there's less pressure on you the rest of the day to make sure, you know, have to eat our vegetables, we have to eat our vegetables. I find it's the worst feeling at the end of the day when it's dinner and no one's eating a vegetable. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't care because it doesn't matter in the long run. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm one of those moms that's going to be like, oh, you guys didn't eat any vegetables. And then I feel like dinner has to be, you know, there's all this mm-hmm. pressure on me for dinner time. Totally. No, I feel that too. Well, any last tips for, for people as they are navigating this new time? Yeah. I mean, mostly go easy on yourself. Yeah. (laughs) This is hard. I'm a professional. I can't even tell you the crazy things that I keep in my pantry. You know, a recipe that needs fermented black bean sauce, I've got it. Like (laughs) I have every kind of flour. I have. Yes. I have everything. And like, it's still, it's hard for me right now. It's hard to find the inspiration. It's hard to find the energy. I'm cooking way more on top of adding four other jobs to my list, you know, even just managing the kids, even if you are able to just work all day and you have older kids, making sure they get to school and, you know, help out with the laundry. And did you clean the bathroom? Like I asked Mm -hmm. is a lot of extra work that we're doing. Yes. So I honestly ask for help. 
Yeah. Get the kids in the kitchen. Yes. Everything doesn't have to be gourmet. And when you do finally get yourself in the kitchen, whether to meal plan or unpack groceries, which these days takes so much longer if you're cleaning everything off differently, put on some music, make yourself your favorite cup of tea. If you drink wine, pour your glass of wine and relax and enjoy it because right now we're stuck at home. And I really believe that the kitchen, even for people who don't love to cook, the kitchen can be a place of joy and connection and the things that are really nourishing us these days, Yeah, which is just like a happy story, a sweet moment with your kid, you know, something delicious in your belly. Absolutely. So try as much as possible to get there. Love it. Such good advice. Well, thank you, Stacey. Where can people find you online? So podcast is Didn't I Just Feed You? You can Mm -hmm. find us wherever you find your podcasts. And on social, we're Didn't I Just Feed You? And it's Didn't I Just Feed You.com. You can find my recipes at stacybillis.com. And I have a new book coming out. It's called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, 50 Winning Ways to Cook It Up on sale right around now, the April 28th it's publishing. So you can grab it and get, you know, recipes that will help you cook up whatever kind of chicken you find in the supermarket. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And we will link that up on our show notes as well. Thank you so much, Stacy. Thanks for having me. All right, let's hear from BJ. Hi, everyone. It's so wonderful to be back with you again this week. Um, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week. And the theme that keeps coming up everywhere, it seems like, is the number of parents that are feeling like they're doing everything wrong in the middle of this crisis. So I want to talk a little bit this week about self-compassion as an element of self-care. Self-compassion has kind of been championed by um, someone I've talked about before, Kristen Neff. She actually has a whole website, book, workbook, class, like she's offering her self-compassion class as a webinar right now. The Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook is excellent. It's a You can take yourself through the course. I have a lot of my clients work through this. And I'm just going to give you some elements about self-compassion, what it is, what it isn't. And a little bit of an exercise in how to begin a self-compassion practice, which will transform your life if you take the time to do it. It's really important to understand how much we need to be compassionate towards ourselves and how often we're not. What's really important to understand is it's not self-esteem. A need for high self-esteem is what drives us into comparison and competition. You know, there was a huge, many of you might be products of the 80s. And in the 80s, there was a big push towards self-esteem. You you may have even had self-esteem classes in your classroom at school where someone, a representative came in and t- took you through these exercises for how to develop higher self-esteem. But the challenge with self-esteem, it's about esteeming ourselves higher than others or higher than we did yesterday. And often it's based on what we do, not who we are. Where self-compassion is based on being kind and accepting of our imperfection and learning how to welcome that imperfection without judgment and really self-soothe and care for ourselves in ways that are kind of foreign to us, to be quite honest. So there's actually three elements to self-compassion, self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. And self-kindness is basically when we make a mistake, our first reaction is to berate ourselves in some way. And often it's in ways that we would never do to someone else. So developing self-kindness is about shifting our view of ourselves in such a way that it allows us to offer care and comfort when we make a mistake or when we do something that is kind of outside of ourselves for whatever reason. And we're learning to do that the way we very easily often do that for others, but can't seem to do for ourselves. So the goal is to be so good at it that in circumstances like we're in right now, when it's taxed to the nth degree, that it becomes so second nature that we can really actively soothe and comfort ourselves through difficult times. 
The common humanity element of self-compassion is about a sense of interconnectedness. It's a reality that we are all in this together, that everyone on the planet is experiencing the same thing. And that's true all the time, but never before has it been so evident to us as this pandemic is that we are literally across the globe, all in the same boat, all experiencing the same thing. And none of us, without exception, none of us is immune to the stress and pain of this experience. We're definitely going through the same experience and we're all flawed. None of us is more perfect than the next. You know, it's really interesting. We all fall into the trap at some point in time of believing that life, if we're doing it right, it will be easy. And the truth is, life is just freaking hard, even when there's not a global pandemic going on. It's hard for everyone. And I think it's really easy, especially maybe more so because we're so isolated and we feel like we have our flaws just staring us in in the face all the time. You know, no one reflects our flaws back to us more readily than our families do. And so it may just be that right now we especially are having a hard time recognizing that this is a common experience throughout humanity. The third element is mindfulness. And this is just coming into awareness Actually, self-compassion starts with this one. In order for us to practice compassion for ourselves, we have to be present. As I always like to say, we have to be in our adult feet, not functioning from the space of our wounded child or our wounded adolescent. And being present really allows us to assess our current situation from a true and balanced or accurate perspective. We can't move past our suffering or it stays and continues to wound us. We have to be as mindfulness brings us. It brings us back into being and out of doing. And we have to be in it long enough to reach the place where we can respond to it with care and kindness. I mean, let's talk about it from the COVID point of view. We're in survival mode. And from survival, we tend to power through and not really acknowledge what we're experiencing. It feels like we can't take the time to or it'll take us down. That's typically what causes us to overfunction and push through until the end of the day comes. And then we find ourselves sitting in self-loathing because of the ways that we really failed all day or we feel like we failed all day. So mindfulness not only counters the tendency to avoid our difficult feelings, it actually gives us the ability, the bandwidth to manage them and to be receiving and accepting of them rather than be absorbed by them or overwhelmed or over-identifying to the point that they become exaggerated. I mean, how often do you find yourself, instead of just saying, I lost it with my kid today, your response is, I'm a terrible mother, or I'm really disappointed that my friends didn't show up to do that Zoom call today. I really needed to talk to someone. I needed adult interaction. Instead, we go to, nobody cares about me. They don't understand. They don't want to be with me. I'm not a good friend. I, obviously, I did something wrong before this pandemic because they don't understand what I need in it. How often do we go there? How often are we so quick to judge ourselves beyond what's rational? Altogether, these three elements represent a loving, connected presence. Self-kindness is loving, common humanity is connected, and mindfulness is presence. So cultivating a loving, connected presence can change our relationship with ourselves. And honestly, it will very quickly change your relationship with others. So as you listen to this, I want you to look back over the day and assess how you've been doing today, just today. It may have been the worst day since the crisis for you, or it may have been actually one of your better days. Just sit quietly for a few moments and begin to bring yourself into the present moment. What is something you're judging yourself for that happened today? Try to be as accepting and non-judgmental as possible. Identify the feelings you're having, but without dismissing them or exaggerating them. So you might say something like, and if you want to write these things down, it's a great practice. This is something you could do every day. You could even keep a self-compassion journal. So an example of what that might look like is, I woke up today in a lot of fear about our finances and was really agitated all day. I, When my son asked me for some help with school, I got really frustrated and yelled at him. Afterwards, I felt ashamed, sad, and angry with myself. That's a balanced, clear description of what you experienced. Bringing in the common humanity, I want you now to think about all the ways that what happened is just part of being human. In this 
this situation, in the common humanity piece, sometimes it's really helpful for you to imagine that you're talking to a friend and she's the one telling you the story of what you did today. Because we are much more readily able to be kind and compassionate towards others than we are towards ourselves. So if you need to imagine that a friend came to you and said, woke up really frustrated with my finances today, blah, blah, blah. What would your response to that friend be? How differently would you respond? And I want you to respond to yourself the way you would the friend. I'm sure a lot of parents are having a hard time managing the stress of this. I doubt I'm the only mom who yelled at her kid today. This is a really awful thing we're experiencing and it's pushing everyone to their limits, not just me. Now I want you to write down some really kind and understanding words to yourself. And again, if you need to imagine that you're sending these this message to a friend, do what you have to do until it begins begins to feel like something you can say to yourself, but use a gentle and reassuring tone and just remind yourself it's okay. Everyone screws up. It's really hard not knowing how long this is going to last or how it's going to impact our families. Also, you apologize to your son and he seemed to take it really well. And the truth is he knows he's loved and that's what matters. He knows you're not perfect and you're going to make mistakes. He's probably more forgiving of you than you are. And that's one of the things that's really important about this whole practice of self-compassion. We can borrow from the way others see us until we see ourselves as worthy of it. So when someone gives you a compliment, don't deflect it. Don't push it away. Don't diminish it. Even if it's your husband and he's not usually good at giving compliments, but somehow during this pandemic, he's recognizing how hard you're working and he tells you, just say thank you. And maybe even say that means a lot to me that you would say that. And sometimes I have a hard time seeing that in myself, but I receive it from you today. If you will borrow from the love your kids have for you, the love your friends have for you, the love your husband or wife has for you, and begin to give that to yourself, it's going to feel incredibly awkward at first. But I really encourage you this week to try to find ways to practice it because, again, we're still nowhere near out of isolation. Even if decisions are made, many of us are still going to continue to isolate for our own safety. And for as long as it takes, even if it's next week or next month or September, if you can learn how to be compassionate towards yourself on those mornings when you wake up agitated out of fear or exhaustion, or overwhelmed that you've got to do one more day of being your kid's teacher, if you can be compassionate towards yourself and acknowledge your own limitations to yourself and acknowledge how common they are to everyone else that's trying to do the same thing you're trying to do in the midst of this crisis, you're going to find a level of patience with everyone else in the house is going to rise because it starts with us. And often what our family gets is our self-loathing bleeding out. We feel so inadequate. And this situation lends towards our feeling really inadequate. And if you believe that press on you, you're going to take that out on the people around you. And if you can come to step into the present moment, borrow from the humanity of others, And look inward towards yourself and go, you know what? I'm doing the best I can. And I I know I can do a little bit better, but that's all I had today. And it's okay. I got another day tomorrow to change the tide, to try a little bit differently or to try a little bit better. And I'm just going to try to do that and give myself some grace. I would love to hear how this goes. I want to thank those of you who have reached out to me through private messages and comments in the Facebook page and told me how something I've said has been helpful. It's really encouraging and I so appreciate it, but I want, I'd want i love to see a thread opened up by whoever wants to go first, telling us what your experience was practicing self-compassion this week. All right, well, let's go to Claire with some beauty questions. So um, we love getting your guys' questions. As you know, you can always submit them straight into the Facebook page, or if you go to selfiepodcast.com, there is a link to where you can anonymously ask questions. But the question for today is around facial hair. Hi, Claire. It's so funny because I was reading this question, and I'm like, wait, did I submit this question myself? I'm confused. (laughs) 
I know. This is a relatable one. Yes. Um, she says, I'm assuming this is a she. Um, facial hair is the number one body image issue I struggle with. I have fair skin and blonde hair, but sometimes my face will sprout a few black coarse hairs. I have to use a tingle razor to shave my lip, chin, and cheeks daily to avoid stubble. I've tried electrolysis to the tune of a couple thousand dollars, and it didn't seem to ever really slow or stop the growth. I can't do laser removal since most of the hairs are too light. After waxing, uh, I'm sorry, and waxing would require too much growth first. Lately, I'm getting a lot more redness, bumps, and ingrown hairs from plucking and shaving. What can I do? Should I give electrolysis another try, or is there another semi to permanent solution to explore? I've spent so much time, energy, and money dealing with this problem, and I just want it gone. Please help. I, I, I swear to God, I could have written this. <laughs> like, I swear, I'd, I was in the mirror yesterday doing, um, giving myself a facial, and just out of the corner of my eye, I saw this, like, really sharp, black, protruding hair from my chin. I'm like, oh, that's fun. That's well, fun. I will admit I don't have the problem with black hairs, um, but mine. But I have very coarse chin hairs. They're mine are white, like, like old the lady white, white, wiry ones, white and wiry, and yeah. they shine in the sun. They're shimmery, <laughs> um, and I've had all the same issues and questions as she has. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say on this. Well, unfortunately, I have really bad news. Okay, <laughs> and you know. Almost like a year or two ago, we talked about this with Sarah, and I remember because Sarah has had electrolysis and had really, um, I think, really great results from it. But she has dark hair and pale skin. She I think the- she did not have electrolysis. I think she had laser hair removal. Oh, okay. But either way, she is like the best candidate for yes. it. Light skin, dark hair. So for us blondes who have blonde body hair, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we're just kind of out of luck. There's really not much that we can do other than the waxing and the tweezing um but she's saying that she has occasional black hairs i mean couldn't couldn't then she do the laser for the amount of money that it would cost to get two or three hairs and then you'd have to go so 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 many times and it's it's still not even guaranteed it's it's Uh really a crapshoot and considering like the pigment of your skin in comparison to the hair it might seem black to her right but really it's probably like a really really light brown well, um, I'm going to struggle with the same stuff. And it's I, I so wish that I was a candidate for laser hair. Removal. Me like, too. So much. <laughs> so what do you recommend then? What's the I mean, for people who can't, you know, there's not a permanent solution. What is our best daily hair removal option? I'm a big fan of sugaring. And for, I have very sensitive skin. I'm a very um, light skin tone. Um I started doing sugaring probably about a year ago, about two years ago before I got married. And it's very much like waxing, Mm -hmm. but they use like a honey and sugar um, and lemon. Um, It almost kind of looks like, it looks kind of like a harder honey or like a molasses and they roll it over the skin and it doesn't adhere to the skin. It only adheres to the hair. And so your skin is getting less irritated. And for me, it's just, I don't get, before when I would wax, I would always, like after five or six days, start to get those really painful ingrown hairs. Yeah. It didn't matter if I exfoliated or anything. With sugaring, I don't get that. Now, I've sugared my upper lip, my chin, a lot of other places, and I've, I've had a, I've had a really good experience. And now, do you uh, go in and do this or you do it at home? You Well, <laughs> if now that we're all stuck at home, I <laughs> yeah. might be having to learn to do it at home. But before, I would go to a place um, pretty right. local to us, and they were actually a a sugaring and spray tan place. And so you can kind of do both if you were wanting to do that. And for me, it's, it's been the best option. It's still not great. And I do find myself in the mirror, you know, tweezing a lot, but our skin does get tired of that. And I would say for the calming aspect, if you were going to do like a major tweeze, make sure that you're using a really calming agent right after that. Something like a pure aloe vera or um, some kind of like CBD oil, um, like skincare product. But unfortunately for us blondes, there's just not a lot of options yet. Now, what about, you know, she expressed a concern that like waxing, I would have to grow my hair out too much. And I'm assuming that sugaring's the same, right? Like, how do you deal with that in-between phase of getting enough hair out for the sugar or wax to catch it and not it's feel... Like a, it's like a struggle versus reward thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, you don't have to grow it out as long as waxing. In my experience, it's been um, a little bit less than waxing. Um, the, the sugaring substance really does tend to adhere, even when my hair is a little bit shorter. Um, but again, there is that, you know, there's, there's that two week period of just feeling kind of like a man. 
I know. And it's, I, it's hard. I wish there were more options. I, similar to, to this um, listener, I have tried um, electrolysis because I know I'm not a candidate for waxing. Right. But, but electrolysis is different and supposedly does not matter. But I also paid a ton of money, spent a lot of time and had little to no results. Did you have any thinning of the hair though? I I mean, for me, it's not so much thinning I'm looking for. I don't mind peach fuzz. Like, listen, people have hair on their face. It's the wiry ones that I can feel. And I mean, it's not that many of them. Does it make sense? So, Oh, absolutely. No, they're popping up. I mean, every year, with (sighs) every birthday, I get one more. Yeah, it's pretty mortifying. I wish I I had better news. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, you guys. But unfortunately, (sighs) when you have the lighter hair, there's just not very many options for us. You know, um... It wasn't my mother, but I like my mother's friends in that generation were really big into bleaching. And so, I mean, if, they're, if the hairs are dark, I mean, that's always an option. You know, Sally Hansen sells like a really um, affordable and easy kit that you can do at home if you want to lighten the hair. Yeah. But besides the tweezing and the lightening and then maybe trying sugaring. I, really I use, um, I mean, this is still technically tweezing, but I use one of those coils that pulls the hair out. Have you seen those? Yes. And those are great because they really do. Because sometimes when you tweeze some of these harder ones, uh-huh. you can like break it off before you pull it out from yep. the root. Yeah. And so that coil thing is awesome because it gets the whole freaking follicle. It does. And so you don't get stubble when you do that. You know, the, the bummer with the tinkle razors mm-hmm. is that you do get stubble. And so you're f- going to feel clean and great for a day. And the next day... Like you can feel it, and I you really can feel hate that, that five feeling. Shadow, yeah, you can. So I use, um, I do the, more of a tweezing method because then it grows in softer. You know um, what? You should link that in here because I don't I think will. a lot of people even know what that is. I will. I think I'm too embarrassed to actually do a tutorial on I will. that one. <laughs> But let me say this. It hurts like a mother because you're just ripping the hair out. Yeah. It's like threading. It's like it's actually very much like it threading. Is. That is probably the best description is yeah. it's just like threading. Um, and I will say this because I'm a sensitive skin person. I will for sure break out after I do that every single time. And really? I, will, I will put antiseptic over it after I've done – like for me, pulling – giant hairs out of my pores and then those pores being open it just Mm -hmm. it breaks out um so you have to be careful if you have sensitive skin that and make sure that you're like putting some kind of an antiseptic right on top as soon as you pulled those hairs out absolutely like a diluted tea tree is a really never ever put just pure tea tree tree on your face after waxing or sugaring um i've been to like wax salons in the past where they would do that and it was way too aggressive oh yeah But tea tree is really effective as long as you dilute it a little bit. And you can dilute it with a little bit of coconut oil or, you know, one of your moisturizers. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at selfiepodcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care.